all right, so uh, welcome to today's podcast. I have two guests here from Lamor. Is it is it two? Is the R? Is it Lamor? Sounds like Spanish, doesn't it? It depends which mood you're in. Oh, it does. Yes, all right. Exactly. So. so please introduce yourselves. Who I'm with? I'm uh, David Neza. I've been with uh, with Lamor probably for around uh, approaching four years now. All right. Um, it, I have been working on the services side of the business, trying to grow that and, and, and managing that up until uh, a few months ago. And now I'm working on special projects uh, right. for the company. So stuff that is not necessarily related to the day-to-day, -day, but it's for the, the longer-term, more strategic part of the company. Okay. So do you live in Finland or you're not, um, from, you're not Finnish? I can well, tell. actually, interestingly, I did a DNA test recently yeah? and I was just telling Ansi in the car, I am 19.2% Finnish. Nineteen? Yes. Oh, that's yeah. Is that enough to get me a passport? Yeah, maybe, maybe. We'll we'll see. Okay, all right. <laughs> Depends on how. I've but you're you're from uh, where? You're uh, from uh, a, a mixed UK? background. A mixed background. UK mixed? UK accent. Palestinian yeah. father, Greek mother, born in the states, uh, right. and now living in Dubai. All right, all right. So you're you're just here here so for the business, so to speak. Yes. yes. All right. Yeah. Not for the weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess nobody comes to Finland for, for at, at least this time of year. Exactly. Yeah. All right, and then. Right, and I'm Anse Mikola from a company called River Recycle. Yep. And uh, we've been uh, discussing this and working together on this River Recycle idea uh, with Lamar for uh, a little over a year now. And All then right. uh, last week we finally joined forces and Lamar became a, a major shareholder in River Recycle. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we're working together to clean up the rivers of the world of the plastic that is going into the oceans. All right, that sounds that sounds good. And that's great business. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how much time do you think it will uh, take to clean up one river or then, you know, the whole all the rivers in the world? Um, our guesstimation at the moment is that uh, uh, actually to clean up uh, a river, meaning uh, wiping the plastic out of it uh, that's a matter of uh, maybe six months from when somebody says go ahead and six months really yep yeah it's pretty quick stuff uh, i thought you're gonna say like three decades or something uh it depends on how you look at it uh to clean up a river we're talking about the solid waste floating in a river yeah collecting that office about six months then uh the sort of final solution we're looking for is to stop people from throwing uh, plastic into the rivers in the first place. And that's going to take some that's time. That's <laughs> bound to take 15 to 30 years. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And to clean up all the rivers, uh, we think we could technically do it in about seven years. Yeah. And uh, then it'll take whatever, 15 to 30 or 40 years before we can take the cleaners off the rivers because there's nothing, there is no trash at all in the rivers. We'll see whether I live to see that. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Do you, you what do you, what do you think? Is 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 that worth of doing, or do you think you know people are gonna throw the waste there anyway? I think they they they'll for for the for the time being, people will, will throw the waste anyway. I mm. think it's a case of dealing with it on a practical level, which is removing the immediate issues, which is the clogging up and of our river systems and then the pollutants that are going into our food system. Yeah. But then it's a longer term educational side of things, which yeah. is teaching the populations to stop it. So I think Ansi's answer about mm. cleaning up the rivers will take total seven years, assuming mm. that there is no continuation of pollutions. 
Yeah. If it stopped today, this is what you could do. But the longer term thing is is making sure that people are educationally aware, and yeah. also that the infrastructure is in 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 place. So some mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. some areas of the world, they might be aware of these issues, but if they don't have the infrastructure, what are they supposed to do? They can't store the plastic. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So we were just discussing with uh, David in the car that uh, actually Finland was doing pretty much the same about 70 years ago. 70 years yeah. ago. Oh, no, actually in 1920s, so 20s? about 100 years ago. Yeah. Our toilet system was uh, taking the stuff from the outhouses uh, <laughs> and ac- actually pouring it more or less directly into the ocean. Uh, yeah. But the, the difference between then and now is that then it was organic because we hadn't invented plastic. Now oh, right, yeah. uh, it's the same waste management system that is not working in the developing countries, but uh, the stuff that goes in is plastics because that's what we use at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a, the slight difference of uh, organics maybe taking six months to a year to dissolve, yeah. and plastic taking two point five million years, maybe. So it's just the waste that's different. Exactly, the waste the is same, different. Same Human behavior is still the same. Human behavior yeah. is the same depending on your uh, standard of living on the yeah. uh, sort of uh, level of your eco- economy so what do you what do you think is is the is the problem so to speak is it is it just education that we don't people don't really know what they're doing or they just they just don't don't care uh, they just don't have a choice uh, having yeah. been walking around indonesian uh, what i would see almost as a slum uh, it's probably mm. called a lower mid level housing All in right. uh, in local terms yeah uh, you have to walk for half an hour to find the first waste bin. So uh, so that's the problem. In reality, if we had, if you had to go out from your door and walk for half hour to be able to throw your trash somewhere, it's fairly likely that you could revert to the easier solution. Yeah. Because having no place to put it, you got two choices. You can throw it in your front yard, you'll have rats and a horrible smell, Mm. or you can throw it over the back, which is the river or the riverbed. And, and then when the away. rains come, yeah. whoosh, it disappears. Yeah, yeah. I, also, I also do think it's it's somewhat educational as well, or awareness, because I think for, for for me, and maybe I'm more ignorant than the most in in the West, I didn't know the correlation between plastic bottle being thrown in the ocean or ending up in the ocean, all the way coming down to our sushi, right? In terms of the microplastic, mm. so it is also an element of, and I think that's mm. why the West, in particular, are becoming aware of this stuff because it's now affecting us. Yeah. It's not affecting. The rivers that we see on on the news or the beaches mm-hmm. that we go to in Thailand, it's also affecting us directly in the food that we eat. So, so yeah, I think it's yeah. I think it has to be a, a combination of the the ability to give them an outlet to put the waste somewhere, but also the education. You can't just throw this stuff because yeah. there is a an overall effect. So, we if we just say that the way people don't wait, maybe don't want to hear it, but is it just now when it's our problem, we want to do something about it, so to speak? Is it, is it that way or? Because the if way you, you just be, say it, it was like, if you now be, that we get in our sushi, then now we are <laughs> If you want to be something. really cynical yeah, yeah, about well, it, then, then perhaps, yeah. I mean, but that's just my point of view. Because yeah. it is affecting us, yeah. then we care about it. But yeah. 20 years ago, this problem still was there. But we didn't know about the effects on it on us. Yeah. And we just kind of said, oh, well, that's just the third world as it was defined back then. Yeah, yeah, now we, yeah. we use better phrases like emerging markets mm-hmm. to... to, to to describe them but I, I think it is really it's yeah. how does this benefit me or how does this impact me is generally the driver for these types of things to yeah well, I guess them. that's the way it goes because you know we have our own life we we think about how it's gonna affect me and so on mm-hmm. so we have to start from there of course yeah and I think like you said the the problem 
it's probably not Finland, <laughs> probably it's, it's not. So it's the emerging markets, like you said, it's mm-hmm. the, the third world countries that are doing most of the pollution, right? Yeah, and what I think that there's a, uh, there's a chance for fantastic international cooperation because all yeah. countries lack something. Yeah. In Finland, we've been working on innovation and uh, feeding the, uh, the education system for so long that for the past 10 years we've been in the top three of the world's most innovative countries. Which means that it's been a long time since we ran out on any real problems. Mm-hmm. So now what we have is, um, like somebody said from a university, thousands of fantastic solutions desperately looking for a problem. <laughs> Whereas when you go to Indonesia or the Philippines, you have problems. Mm-hmm. For an engineer it's like a dream come true, an actual real problem. Mm-hmm. Not a first world problem of can I buy something from the net in a easier way, yeah, yeah. but yeah. rather a real problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and to to your your point you made about it's the emerging markets that are now polluting. Mm-hmm. Yes, but we've done our fair share in the West. We've all had our industrial revolutions. We've all had the the times when we were throwing stuff in our river systems. We've just come to an evolved state through education and through economy, mm. where we can now sit back and say, that's probably not the best way to do that. Um, and coming into the CSR foundation type of thing. Yeah, because um, you said that you're, you're on the service side of, of Lamour, so yeah, yeah. tell us more, more, about, more about that. Well, so, so, so I think what we want to do as Lamour is, as we've always done, um, you know, in terms of our business models, is be practical. Um, we don't want to sit there and talk to industry and blame them as them being the problem. That doesn't work. You can't go to a biggest plastics producer and say, you're the big bad guy. You need to stop doing what you're doing. You have so many special interests. You have so many people that are are making a living from that. And likewise, we can't go to these emerging markets and say, don't have your industrial revolution when we're sitting in a very nice industrialized environment. Mm -hmm. What we need to do, and I think it's upon us, our responsibility is to assist industry to be more sustainable and more ecologically friendly, to use a nice um, term, and to support emerging markets to do what we did, to allow their their sustainable their growth, but to do it in a more sustainable way. So using our inventors and our minds that we have with the education and the financial systems that we have here, to yeah. be able to say, drive your car, but here's a better alternative. Yeah. You know, use your plastics, but here's a better way of dealing with it. Rather than us sitting in the West and just lecturing these people, you can't convince any emerging market not to not to uh, have their industrial revolution. The governments have to get their people employed, yeah. and that's the only way to do it. So, mm. for us in Lamore, it's about merging all of the aspects. Is is to say that industry has to exist, emerging markets have to emerge. And we need to plug that gap in the middle is by putting everybody together and saying, well, what's the practical solution to this? And that's that's really the idea of the foundation eventually and the uh, and getting involved in the corporate social responsibility programs. Yeah, that's a good point. point. Lamar is in a great place to help uh, with all kinds of waste, uh, us being uh, mostly focused on the plastics. Mm. Uh, plastics as such... Uh, is a wonderful invention. I mean, some places in Africa, they lose 30% of their food during transportation mm-hmm. because the, the packaging, issues, yeah, because yeah. The lack of cold storage, lack of, lack of proper packaging yeah, in yeah. the food. So if you just take plastic off, 
And that means that we need to increase the global food production by 30% or 20% because the food gets wasted. Yeah. That's going to be worse but for the, the world. So it's not all bad. No, it's now when we, th- when, we, when we start discussion about, you know, plastics, it's always kind of a bad, bad discussion. That's so. the media narrative and that's how you, that's yeah. how you get people's attention. It's like yeah. in the oil industry, we've been involved in the oil industry for nearly 40 years. Mm. Spilling oil is a bad thing, yes, but if you actually mm. look at it, oil is, is an organic material, mm-hmm. so it's an it's an evil necessity or it's it's a necessary evil, whatever you want to put it. But but that, but cutting something out has detrimental effects. So this is going mm. back to being practical: is that you have to use plastic, so use it mm. in a better way. And I think Ansys system, together with Lamore now, in terms of what he's talking about, is the perfect example of being practical and looking at things from all all sides of things. Is how do you recover the waste? How do you recycle it? And then what's the positive output that you can come from that yeah. in terms of in terms of what you can then do with the with the, with the uh, recovered plastic? So you said that you're on on, on some kind of a foundation at, at Lamour. So uh, what are you because uh, you know, the point, what is the point of, you know, companies to open their, you know, start doing foundation or, mm. or become active with the the CSR you said yeah I think for, for us we we are we are still looking at the options uh, in terms of whether we go down the full charitable foundation but at the very start what we are what we are doing is getting more and more active uh, within corporate social responsibility program CSR yeah. um, and there's a few reasons to that one if you look at us as a as an organization we have spent almost 40 years um, supporting our clients globally and I think this is just another continuation in terms of supporting our clients and, and how, how do we support our clients from a CSR perspective is that they have responsibilities on local societies and where they're active, you know, where they are exploring for oil and gas. Um, and at the moment, there are very few um, trustable or trustworthy, I should say, that was probably a, mm-hmm. a Finglish or Greeklish uh, <laughs> word, um, organizations that they can rely upon on a global scale to implement what they have promised to local governments to then see that actually come into effect in local societies. Um, so what we are we are aiming to do is provide that that trustworthy uh, organization to implement on that side of things. Yeah, because I think there's a lot of suspicious people that think they, they just don't know where the money is going or, or mm-hmm. how is it used or is it really going the exactly. way it should be. Exactly. And, and we, we, we want to build off the fact that we have this almost 40 year history in the, in the, in the, the ecosystem that is the oil and gas industry. We do come from Finland, although, you know, <laughs> I don't necessarily well, 19% look like percent it. 19.2% 19, yeah. from mm-hmm. actually from Tampere. I don't know if that is, yeah. is a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, depends on you ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but um, you know, we know that Finland is at the forefront of, of being clean and ethical. And, and I think, you know, we position ourselves as that organization that would assist the oil companies in it. And I think also it's having that, that I keep on using this term, this practical approach. I think it's more mm. of a realistic approach is that the, uh, historically charity CSR versus commercial operations. And they've always been at loggerheads and against each other. And that's yeah, not yeah. going to get us anywhere. The only way you get somewhere is by having eat both sides, look at the, look at solutions and seeing how we can tackle these problems together. And I think, we as Lamore have this ability to be that bridge or the conduit for the both sides to be discussing with each other. So for example, with, with Ansi's mm. projects and his, his technology that he's come up with, it's a mixture, it's a hybrid between 
commercial activity underpinning everything with mm. then the social impact and the charitable impact of, of removing the waste. And so do you think the all, you know, the foundation worldwide should be more focused on practical topics and, 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 and No, it's not for it's not for us to dictate what mm. what these guys do. Some prefer to have more educational stuff where you see the benefits and the and, and the some intangible things in the future. It really depends. It's it's not for us to dictate we are a practical organization we are mm -hmm. a boots on the ground company we have services in in several different uh, um, countries so for us the natural consequence of our background means that we would be probably a little bit more practically focused than a think tank for example yeah. and there are plenty of think tanks i don't think the world needs someone else coming up with more more ideas we we want to implement some of those ideas yeah, that I, I find this uh, quite interesting i just uh, uh, realized that what you're offering uh, as a csr provider as Finnish CSR provider, which yes. means actually trustworthy, actually doing what they promised to do. Absolutely. That's almost an equivalent to company, uh, the Swiss company SGS. Mm. I've heard of them uh, running entire customs operations for developing countries yeah. because the corruption has been so horrible that no money comes to the coffin of the, uh, of the state. Yeah. So they've outsourced the entire customs office to SGS because then it is trustworthy. Mm -hmm. And it's like... Yeah outsourcing CSR because you don't know what's going to happen in every country. I, exactly. So why not outsource it to somebody whom, whom you can trust? Exactly. And that also has the ability mm. to bring in either the expertise that they have in-house or be able to bring in the expertise from third parties. But yeah. the, the key factor is that they're trusted to execute on what they've said that they will execute. Yeah, so just, you know, find the right partners around you and then collaborate and, and yeah. 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 So you just just more about the river recycle. Um, is it a uh, how old is the company? Is it? Is it I uh, the the original thought for the technology I got at two thirty in the morning on the first day of June two thousand eighteen. All right, and uh, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Sharp. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, I remember exactly because I then drew it and uh, yeah. uh, got the patenting process underway. So it's kind of a kind of a startup, right? Yeah, it's it's a startup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. a startup. But now that we join with Lamor, I, I absolutely love this. We are a startup with thirty years of experience and operations in one hundred and four countries. So, yeah. that's uh, that's pretty unique. You call it a startup ish. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah, that tells a lot. That ish. no, I mean, uh, yeah. think yeah, of yeah. it this way: a startup uh, recruits people who know how to work, yeah. uh, what to do. So you you recruit talent. So from my point of view, it's like uh, I've recruited talent from Lamor, but I've also recruited an existing, capable, uh, trustworthy implementation organization. Mm -hmm. So when I get the first proof of concept up and running, I can just say, whoop, and it's known in 104 countries. And mm -hmm. I also have the people who can actually implement it mm -hmm. in 104 countries. Yeah. Think of me if I, if I instead gave uh, a substantial part to new employees, then they'll start recruiting people in all the countries necessary. Mm. It's going to take years. Yeah. But this way around, uh, it, once the pro pro concept has been proven, it can go global overnight. Yeah. So and you say it might take, if everything goes according to plan, 70 years to clean the rivers, but what are the, you know, the plans for the next year or two or five years for how do we get there? What are the, the short-term plans? 
That's a secret we can't tell you. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, short-term plans. Uh, uh, I'll start from a bit further away. Uh, being a serial entrepreneur, I'm sure you've heard the saying, if your only tool is a hammer, then all problems look like nails. Yeah. yeah. So I'm a serial entrepreneur, so all problems look like business opportunities. Mm -hmm. So the concept that we created is one where we can turn marine litter in the rivers into a profitable business because finding money mm -hmm. from uh, municipalities in developing countries enough to clean the rivers which would be about 250 million dollars a year um, yes. is a bit of a tough sell because yeah, they have other things to care about they have other priorities yeah they yeah, have other yeah. priorities which i can kind of sort of understand i mean if you like dying of hunger yeah that yeah. could be of some importance yeah then again it's for is, is it the, <laughs> yeah it's the front yard the backyard with the river yeah again yeah. the same discussion about what's yeah. easy e yeah. easiest so the idea here it. is uh, uh we developed a, a solution a technological solution with which we can clean the rivers in a very efficient way using uh either no or very little external energy have the cleaners work 24-7. And then uh, we collect the stuff and we've uh, figured out that we can actually turn it into uh, pyrolysis oil, the plastics of it. Oh, really? And pyrolysis oil is basically, uh, if you're not familiar with pyrolysis, pyrolysis means that you heat, you put plastic into a container, mm -hmm. take out all the oxygen and heat it to 430 degrees. All right. It melts back to oil. And the oil that comes out is basically okay. uh, not heavy fuel oil, but light fuel oil. Okay. Very low sulfur, light fuel oil. And you can do this now? It's not... Yeah, well, well uh, our partner in this has been doing it for 18 years. Oh, really? And has been on commercial scale for quite a few years. So that part is uh, tried, tested, can be done. I'm, not being, I'm sorry, but yeah. I personally prefer the idea of taking plastic and making it into bracelets but he wants to turn it into oil so you know, yeah. yeah i guess as a business sale that that's a bit easier than i'm joking yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 and, and turning it to oil uh the, the long-term vision is to actually turn it back to plastics because okay. from the plastics industry point of view the pyrolysis oil is much better than crude oil because all the sulfur has been taken out uh the mercury has been taken out because it was originally processed to be plastics Mm -hmm. So when mm -hmm. you uh, turn it back to oil, it's extremely good raw material for plastics industry. So you're creating a full loop. All right. And finally, uh, to use pyrolysis oil as raw material or plastics is cheaper than using crude. Okay. Because you need to But process how much, it less. How much do you lose on the way, so to speak? Um, If you melt down like let's say like a thousand bottles. Um, how much do you how much how many bottles can you make out of the, the oil that comes roughly out? roughly speaking uh, you lose about 25 if you take 20 tons of plastic yeah it turns into about 15 tons of oil okay so that's how much you more yeah. or less lose in it but then uh fortunately there is the wonderful situation that uh, somebody has created a fairly large uh what do you call it intermediate storage facility Okay. which means all the landfills of the world because right. Right. plastic remains there for about two million years yeah so all the plastic that ever went into the landfills mm -hmm. is still there to be mined yeah and that's uh i can't remember what it is that we're producing at the moment about 360 million tons of plastic per year mm -hmm. but it's some gigatons that we produced all together 
during the history of the world. So we can basically take all the, you know, the old plastic and start making all out of it. Exactly, and turn it back to plastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, it's it's another form of recycling, effectively, yeah. to put it in a in a. Yeah, in it's a called chemical system. recycling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I think yeah. this is the prime example of what we as Lamore are trying to do from a foundation and CSR perspective: is not go to the plastics industry and point fingers, mm-hmm. not go to the local communities and point fingers is to say, here's a practical solution that cleans up the river systems, Mm -hmm. we help educate so we don't keep on getting the the repeat pollution, but then it's also commercially viable. So we can attract outside investors and we can also attract the industry to say, actually, this is a lot better for us to to use that. So it's setting up something that is actually sustainable. That's really good. Yeah, I agree that that's the the way of, you know, doing it. It's not just point fingers and say, you're the the bad one or this is your fault. You can't shame people into action, I don't think. Yeah, me neither. You can shame people into a reaction, but not to actual long-term actions. And this is also the way that we can make this uh, permanently sustainable because when the collection and pyrolysis i.e. the uh, recycling creates more money than it costs then we don't need to go to the developing countries municipalities and say come on mm-hmm. pay it up we all we need to do is give us a river give us a landfill we'll clear it for you what else do you think there should be you know the additional factors of you know cleaning the rivers what what else we need to do than just take care of the plastics is there you know um, that's a very, very large subject. Yeah, I uh, guess it is. Yeah, I mean, we're talking when we talk about cleaning rivers, we're talking about uh, clearing off the solid waste. Yeah, and mostly solid floating waste. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you talk about uh, other kinds of waste and pollution going into the rivers, then uh, it's really the question of getting into the sewage, sewage and water treatment. Which yeah, yeah, you yeah. have a, you know, something about that. I know nothing. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I think just to answer mm. your your question. I think if we just look at what we're talking about now and what we're focusing on mm. now, I think, yes, the physical removal, but to make sure that that doesn't keep on happening. So I think to follow that yeah. up with that that education programs. Mm. And then also the encouragement for private investment in these local municipalities to give the local residents an option not to throw it in the, the river. Yeah. Mm. Otherwise, this is just going to be going around in circles. So yes, it's very commercially viable, but we're still polluting. Mm. Um, and your foundation side is going to help with that, with the ed- education and, and that side, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So how hard is it to find you know, investors on, on the foundation? How, how, how do you get the money, so to speak? <laughs> <laughs> is, is, it can't be easy. No, um, it isn't. There's there's lots of there's lots of drivers. There's lots of reasons why people want to do these things, and I think it's just about understanding, picking your target, and understanding what is their motivation. Mm. There are some organizations that just want to write a check to a reputable organization, and they trust you, and you go off and do it. Yeah. And there are some organizations, the individuals within the organizations, are a lot closer to the subject. Um, but it, it isn't easy. There are several people, entities, organizations that are always asking for money. I think the unique thing is that if we come up with these types of solutions where it actually really makes sense, it's not just throwing Mm. money into the wind that temporarily makes people feel good about themselves, Um, but this is something that will actually work for a long time. Yeah, because I guess the one point is is what is so hard is, is, you know, measure the value of, of your you know where the money is of going. Your contributions. How, yeah. yeah. How, how do you? How do you? Well, I think I think for us and the types of projects that we'll be going for is that you have tangible benefits. If you look at a pick a river system, for example, mm. 
you would be able to measure it very easily in a rudimentary yeah. sense with just yeah. using your eyeballs. So yesterday there was yeah. <laughs> there was a lot more plastic than there was <laughs> yeah. today. It's a lot easier, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, so I think that's I think for us again, this is about the trustworthiness and and really building off the fact that we're Finland. I think for us to set up a look at foundation or to look at CSR projects and look at you know people's feelings and happiness scales and all this kind of <laughs> stuff i mean mm. you know uh, how do you measure that yeah uh, the projects that we will be going for and that we'll be supporting i think have very very easy visible uh tangible effects so i think that's probably the easiest way for us to really establish the credibility and, and show the people their return on their investment so to speak um of how easy it is to see their impact of these projects and yeah. for this so uh, i think we're a perfect match because uh I thought the, so. I'm the, so happy you said that out. So. Yeah. <laughs> the, the science of uh, measuring how much plastic is going into the oceans every year mm. is not exact. Mm. I mean, we, we we looked at the river in Indonesia where the science, the models say it's 100 tons a year of plastic going into the ocean. Yeah. Uh, however, the city of Jakarta collects 200 tons a day uh. from that river. So nobody knows exactly how much is going in. Mm. But when we look at the sort of our combination, if we set up a collector and start collecting, let's say, 7,000 or 50,000 tons of plastic per year, and then you start talking to the people saying, uh, it's not a good idea to throw it in the river. Just bring it over to our pyrolysis plant and we'll give you a little money for it. Mm-hmm. Then we can actually measure how much is being picked up. Yeah. So you can see the real impact yeah. of putting half a million to a community engagement campaign, you'll see how much is there's the value kind of you 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 can see what was really there's your impact yeah you can measure your impact yeah I have a question about you you said that you know river recycle is kind of a startup even though well it it is it is a startup but then it's a just about the you know the investors side of of you know finding investors for your startup well you have now you're you're a bit more and you're doing. Mm a lot bigger than but before Lamora, how did you how did you find investors or is it is it hard is it easy well, I, I guess not easy but i find it um, an interesting uh, sort of tightrope to walk for an entrepreneur <laughs> i mean um, having sold the previous companies i've been fin- financing this myself until mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. and uh, i haven't been really looking for money uh, now i am because yeah. uh, what i find is uh, do you have any money by the way let me see. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I got 20. Yeah, we'll 3 million it. would do. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, what I found is that uh, we need to pay ourselves with our own equity or some other kind of financing for the first proofs of concept to show that the whole system actually works because yeah. no uh, development funder or any bank is willing to finance that kind of risk. Mm-hmm. But once it's up and running, um, We've identified $5.5 billion desperately looking for a place uh, where they could put their money to save the ocean ecosystem. Yeah, that's um, a lot of money. But it needs to be bankable. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. without this whole cycle, it's not bankable. There's mm-hmm. no way to pay it back. Yeah. So you can't get the money. Mm-hmm. So once mm-hmm. you have a bankable project, uh, the money seems to be endless. Yeah. But what we do need yeah. uh, sort of uh, people who want to save the world, yeah. Because this is not uh, uh, sort of short-term, quick cash. Yeah. Well, luckily, uh, there are people that you know wants to save the world. Yeah, and we don't need all that much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for the minute. first. 
We'll, we'll take it if someone's offering it. Though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll just be faster. Yeah. If somebody gives uh, money, we'll be faster. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to do my my part. I'm driving electric. Not right. saying if that's better or worse, but I guess it's a, even a bit better than, you know, yeah. using an uh, oil car. How do you say it? <laughs> yeah, especially uh, a, uh, what do you call it, an SUV. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's uh, <laughs> not the best possible. <laughs> But great, thank you. Uh, very interesting, you know, the foundation, river recycle. There's a uh, topic that we can go on and on on talking about. I guess, I guess we uh, went through a whole lot of it. Yeah. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you.